Hey there, folks. Once again, the Uticast. We are back. It is episode number 92, and today we are talking with Rick Fernandez and Becky Ertz, a.k.a. the Hungry Uticans, as they stop by to talk about their ongoing food blog on Made in Utica. Uh, plus, Heather is back this week. Uh, we're talking about the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, the American Health Care Act. Uh, we're talking about artificial intelligence, talking about license plates, Facebooks, uh, Pluto as a planet, Would You Rathers, and a whole bunch more uh 92 man 92 it goes by really quick but i'm happy you guys have been here the whole time because i'm sure you've listened to every single one from zero to 92 Yes. For the last few weeks, it's evolved into this conglomeration of post-it notes and this one piece of paper and like printouts and paperwork. My, you're getting you're getting very uh very deep in with the show prep. It you know, it's it's I'm not sure if I'm gonna keep doing it. Going. These forward. notes look pretty expansive as I look at them right now here in front of you. They're not as expansive as they look. It's just that my writing is very small and I have a lot of. Stuff written in between other things. True, it looks like a lot of like sub lists and like lists yeah, yeah. with footnotes. And footnotes and yeah, it's the it's my my um my process is very odd. You gotta trust the process though. That's what I keep. That's pe- what they pe- say. Keep saying that. That's what they're saying. Where did that come from? Um, trust the process came. It started. It was a joke talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, the 76ers. and their <laughs> process of tanking their team over and over again, good <laughs> draft picks, and people sort of started memeing it as they got to trust the process. And then uh, Joel Embiid made it a big thing. He started wearing like T-shirts and like playing into it, acknowledging it. Is he calling himself the process? He was for a little while, yeah. That's <laughs> actually, that's, you know what? That's kind of a power move, actually. Season-ending surgery again. Ah, oh, it's a shame. Gonna have to save it for FTL mm. Sports. So we got a lot to get to today. We do a lot to get through today. Very, very busy day. So uh, let's get some uh, housekeeping out of the work. I'm going to shill uh, once again uh, for the the other people I work for. Mm. Folks, if, uh, if you're interested in hearing some uh, fascinating speakers, uh, please come on out to uh, Utica College, Harold T. Clark Jr. Athletic Center uh, on Tuesday, March 28th. That's tonight, folks. By the time you hear this show, it's going on tonight, 8 p.m. at Utica College. This is a free uh, community event uh, put on by the Young Scholars LPP program. Uh, our keynote speaker will be Katie Spots. She is the youngest person to row across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, she is going to be speaking about her business uh, because I said so and her uh, her concept of promises and the power uh, that a promise possesses. Uh, it is a free community event, as I mentioned. Uh, there will be food and drinks and wonderful speakers all night. Uh, please come out. Uh, it's going to be a great time. This is one of those things, too, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I should practice what I preach because I'm guilty of probably not following it as much, especially in the winter, but sure. if you want there to be cool community events in your community, mm-hmm. got to get out and go to them. Always interesting yeah. stuff. I find myself surprised a lot of times when I go to stuff that I'm not really sure about what it's going to be. I'm pleasantly surprised more often than not. You know, it's funny you mention that, actually, because on Sunday, I had to attend a community service well, a community service event for my work, and it was um, <clears throat> the MS walk that was going on at the Sanger Town Square Mall. You know, you show up and you do you walk around the mall for an hour, right? 
And you feel bad because, like, you know, we come out there with the kids, right, for school. We sure. All these people. And we, have, we brought, like, 110 kids with us. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, what would have happened otherwise, right? Because you don't always get that community. Like, it's hard to get – there's so many community events down. People yeah. get their words out for so many things, it's hard to do everything. There's that's I think that's stuff. what it became for me. I think I feel like I've pulled back a little bit. My, mm-hmm. To yeah, be fair, sure. like, with my new job, my job has – taken much more of my time yes. than I'm used to having taken yes, away. Yeah. And so my my complete free time is valued a lot more. But that does become the thing after a certain point is it is a bit of exhaustion in the fact that if you really look, there's five, six different community events every single week mm-hmm. yeah. to go to. And sometimes, you know, it's tough to keep going, but they happen all the time. Constantly. And it's it's not a bad thing. This this uptaking community events mm-hmm. is a symbol of the fact that the community's been more active yeah. in the last 10 no, years. No, it's not a bad thing at all. It's just yeah. a, it's it's one of the challenges. Yeah, you know what I mean? Anything sure. that happens comes with a challenge, so that's one of the battles mm-hmm. to fight, you know? Speaking of a battle to fight... Um, You're alive. I am alive. You're we're, alive. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, the point oh, not gonna, that battle? Not that battle. Uh, I was talking about the uh, battle for Irish appropriation, because it was the third weekend of St. Patrick's oh, Day celebrations Saint, in the city. St. Patrick's Month this year. What is? <laughs> I'm so thrown off by St. Patrick's Day right now. I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> well, as as the as the senior um, Irish correspondent on the show, uh, it, you know, I went out. We were in the parade. We did our thing. We had our float. Um, talk about having a tough time getting people out. The problem was it was relatively warm, but it rained all morning. Yes, it really it rained all morning, and that was that made it kind of tough. The turnout was very low um, out in the parade, probably the lowest I've ever seen it being out there, even on years where it was like considerably colder. Uh, but yeah, man, I think people are just fatigued because like you had, okay, so March 11th was supposed to be the parade. Yeah. They didn't have the parade, but all the bars and everybody on Varick Street was ready. So they're like, okay, well, we're still going to do the thing down here. Yeah, let's and do they, it. And they did. Yeah, yeah. And then the following weekend was actual St. Patrick's Day was on Friday. Mm-hmm. And so people went out Friday, but some people couldn't go Friday, so they went Saturday. And some people were like, well, hell, it's Sunday. So it was a whole St. Patrick's weekend. <laughs> and so this past weekend, by the time it was around, there were still a ton of people out, a lot of great floats. Um, saw a lot of great friends in the community, a lot of people. That's one of my favorite things is all the people that you see on parade. Oh, day. yeah. But you could tell everybody was definitely fatigued. After we got back down to work and you know stripped down the float and everything, and me and a few of my colleagues from work went out to, you mm-hmm. know, find somewhere to grab a beer, cause a little bit of trouble. St. Patrick's Day, it's early on Saturday morning. We're up. We might as well. Uh, the spirit was no longer quite alive. There was still a lot of diehards out there, but it was nowhere near as packed as it had been even the weekend before when there was no parade or canceled parade. Mm. Uh, can I can I go off on something here for just a second? Uh, as long as it's not St. Joseph's Day, then yeah, sure. No, 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 no. I... <laughs> I, jo- I make a lot of jokes about St. Patrick's Day and St. Joseph's Day. And I'm not Irish, right? Blah, 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 blah. Can I tell you my fundamental biggest problem with uh, celebrating St. Patrick's Day? And I think you already know what I'm going to say. You're a curmudgeon? I can't. I don't drink. Yeah, that's like, true. I, at the end of the day, and, it, and it's not to say that you can't go out and enjoy the parade without drinking, because I'm sure many people do. But the, the generalized culture of celebrating St. Patrick's Day is sort of thrown out there as, like, getting really drunk and green beer and whatever, and doing that whole thing, and I am not a big drinker in general. True. Right? I'll go out to a bar, and I was talking to somebody about this today, uh, GFOP Marcy. We were discussing, you know, I can't stay at a bar for more than two hours. I get antsy. Right. I can stay at a bar for about an hour, and then I start to get antsy, and then I start looking at my phone and trying to find a way to get out from going to the bar, and then I'll spend like 20 minutes saying goodbye, and then I'll just leave. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. I don't know what it is. I feel like I miss out on good times because I can't stay out and and drink the way I once did because I don't find it as appealing as I once did. I think it's um, a part of it is probably the the conversations, interactions you find yourself in. 
I was mm-hmm. out for a really long time last weekend. I ran into like you know my aunt, and my uncle, who I don't get to see all the time, oh, nice. and I ran into like my cousin and his wife and a couple other friends that I wasn't expecting to see. And I found myself having a much, much larger tolerance for being out and about. Yes. But yeah, when it's just a standard, like, stop out and nobody's heart is really in it, and it's the same people you see five days a week anyway, and you've got nothing that crazy to talk about, I think it's harder to stick around for a long time. I am not going to sit here on this podcast and say that uh, I know people who casually go out and drink and drive. I'm not saying that. Sure. I'm not implying that at all. Sure. I think that I have an irrational fear of drinking and driving. Yeah, probably. And probably as it should be, too. Because I, I, you are very, very careful. Like, I've seen you, you know, on a Saturday night be like, well, I should only have this one beer i got to drive on Tuesday. Like, you're way <laughs> out there. You're way <laughs> out ahead of it. I think, and it's not even so much that I think, I, I just realize what what the, the end result of me getting pulled over for a DUI is. Right? And yeah. I don't, and that is so horrifying to me. Yeah. Just because I have so many things that rely on me being able to drive at all times. You will you being able to drive at all times, you not having to spend ten thousand dollars for something, you not having to get your name dragged through the mud when you work <laughs> exactly. a relatively like not you know higher profile job or something of that hmm. nature. I you can know work a I mean? job in the community though where I see a lot of community people and I'm drive a car for my job. I'd lose That's true. Yeah, I lose the ability to drive a car. And for a my job, job where like your morals and ethics are very important and they yes. mean a lot to the job that you do and you know literally yeah. shaping young minds. And to a certain extent I find my even outside of work I I do tend to have I'm not always on the moral high ground, certainly. You know me long enough to know that I... Certainly. <laughs> Am I close enough for the mic? Confirmed. <laughs> I've looked down, looked up at the moral high ground many a time from a lowly position, uh-huh. but I do... There are some things that I do believe in, right? And, uh-huh. and one of them is not endangering the lives of myself and the people I care about. Or just random people I don't know, because I would much rather something bad happen to me than someone I don't know. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Hey, you're... Uh, that's a that's an honorable position, and I I buy this about seventy five percent that this isn't all just an elaborate scheme you've made up so you can stay home and play Fallout Four unbothered. Right, this, <laughs> right this moment, it's hard to not see a connection. Right, uh, there was another reason though that I did not really feel very vibey to go out this weekend and we're going to get to that in a second although we've gone about 10 minutes in this first segment so i'm curious of whether or not we should get into the major details once heather gets here because she might have some interesting uh some interesting thoughts about this she might she could well I'll get, let's get into so least... you want to tease this for segment two are you going to tease want, the big the, reveal well the point is i want to talk about it with her but i don't want to tell the same story twice is that's my, fair do you know what i mean that's so fair. so let me start this way uh as you may notice, uh, the guests for today's episode are uh, Rick Fernandez and Becky Ertz, uh, a.k.a. the Hungry Uticans, who I'm very excited to have on. I've been uh, Some been of itch- the best people. Yeah, they're the greatest. Some of the best and people. I've been itching to get them on for a while, and I'm really, really happy that they could come by and do the show. Uh, although, I did talk to you guys for the last two weeks about the guys from Bite and uh, that they were going to be coming on, and they are going to be coming on. I was supposed to interview them on Thursday. Uh, and then what happened? Well, <laughs> so Thursday morning, uh, when I went out, to drive into work, I got in a major car accident at seven fifty a.m. Uh, driving into work. If you were driving anywhere in like the Bag Square, Franklin Square section of Utica at that time on uh, on Thursday morning, you probably saw my car on the side of the road over by Riskin Street East, and probably saw what was left of my car. Yeah, the remains of my imploded car. Um, so, uh, <laughs> it really, it really put a strange spin on the way the rest of my weekend went. <laughs> it, was, it was really... Uh, 
I've been in a lot of car accidents, and it's true. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think we should get into this. Let's wait, let's wait until Heather gets here. We'll okay. get into this a little bit. Should we? Do you want to tell them before we go to break that you're not injured? I feel like that's probably important to say. Oh, I think that the well, I'm here, folks. I got the show coming out. You know, regardless, this is just you know, this is just the way it goes. Car accidents, vacations. Uh, term papers, which I have to start after this podcast. Like maybe is, during oh, the interview. During the interview, I have to record it. Uh, so between all this stuff, I'm we're still out here. We're still making it work for you folks. 92 episodes straight. Ain't going to hold this kid down, let me tell you what. Uh, we'll get more into Car Accident Gate uh, in just a moment when Heather gets here. But for now, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. mentioning my car accident to you in the break so I wouldn't have to shock you with it here on the air live. Uh, but yeah, so I got in a good car accident this week, and I think we might as well jump It's not in. good. I, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't need to hear this. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll give you guys the setup. For anyone who, who drives down Genesee Street or lives in Utica, you'll probably know. If you're not in Utica, you'll understand kind of the concept. Uh, I am driving, let's, I'm driving north on Genesee Street, and there is another car driving south. On Genesee Street. I was driving a Ford Taurus. This gentleman, his name was, uh, let's call him Gary from Worcester. Gary from Worcester. Uh, out of towner. Out of towner. He's not from around here. Sounds so, like uh, I'm driving down, I'm driving uh, north on Genesee Street. I'm going about 40 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour, maybe about five minutes over the speed limit. But hey, I'm trying to get to work. It is what it is. I'm going with traffic, is the point. Um, the light on Oriskany Street East, never changed to red. It was green the whole time when I was driving toward it. I knew this because I never really slowed down until this gentleman took an illegal left-hand turn onto Oriskany Street East, and I T-boned him. Uh, now, he had a forerunner, so I hit him almost underneath his car, almost lifted his car up because my car was so much lower than his. Uh, and I... It basically imploded the front of my car. It uh, collapsed in and on itself. I will... Uh, I'll post the pictures of it on... Uh, on the Uticast Twitter after we're done. Um, but this was, uh, I did not get hurt. Uh, he was not hurt. Everyone was fine, all things considered. Um, but this is the third major car accident I've been in since I was 18. And I, I'm i having some thoughts about it. <laughs> I need to work my way. Maybe you should quit driving. Maybe I, I, <laughs> he should maybe quit driving. <laughs> now, Kev, you've, we've talked on, over the years, and... Heather, you probably don't know this about me. I've been labeled as a bad driver over the last 10 years of my life. Do you think I'm a bad driver, Kev? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Uh, I don't think you're a dangerous driver. Just... Mm. I wouldn't put you in the class of somebody who's likely to cause like a major accident. You're not really a speeder. You generally follow the traffic laws. I'll give you that. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, well, so I had a couple thoughts for uh, initially. Number one, as I was about to hit this car... And I knew I was about to hit him. There's when you've been in enough accidents, you. you <laughs> I I look. I, I stepped on my brakes the minute this guy appeared in front of me. Um, there's a car to the left of me. There was really nowhere I could go. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm pinned in here. 
So I slam on the brakes, but I know I'm not stopping fast enough to hit. And, and I, I hit this guy good. My airbag, my airbag didn't go off, by the way. So I... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. um, just saying. Uh, so a couple of things I thought. Number one, the moment before I hit this car, I did think to myself, third time's a charm. This is, this is going to be the one, right? Like, I really... And I know that's morbid, but I really... <laughs> that's that a serious situation. I, I can see that going. I, I was like, "This is it, man. It's an SUV. I'm going." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I uh, the second thought I had was after I got out of the accident and I just got out of the car once again and walked away. No scratches. No no bumps and bruises. I thought to myself, "Am I Bruce Willis from the movie Unbreakable? Am I a superhero? Am I? Do I not have the ability to sustain pain?" Maybe you can't be injured. Can I not? Can I not be injured? Ow! All right, never See? mind. All right, so that that theory is blown out of the water. And number three, and this is the one that's really been bothering me the most, and this is the one that's kind of shook me a little bit when I've been driving lately. And you guys can tell me if I'm justified. The existential problem has been the one that's been bothering me because I know that I was not in the wrong, based on the police uh, certified documentation, <laughs> and because I know that the. I know in my head that there was nothing I could have done to avoid this. This was a freak accident. All I've been thinking ever since is, man, if I had just caught one more red light, if I had left the house 30 seconds earlier, and I don't think that's a proper way of dealing with this. Am I wrong? No, I think anytime a traumatic event happens, thoughts run through your brain on how you want to handle it. And it's just a way of... That's a traumatic thing, so you do get thoughts like that. Mm. I believe it's very normal. You had a car accident, right? Major car accident? Major one, yeah. You went, yeah, it was really... Commiserate with me. What happened to you? I was in college. I went to see Mary Giuliano, former Mary Giuliano, speak at Hamilton College. Oh, all right. And I was um, left with a friend of mine. We were driving down 365 to mm-hmm. 12B, mm-hmm. and they had taken down the stop-ahead sign because yep. there was a previous accident. I went right through it, and I was hit by a Bernie bus. Oh, oh my god, a bus. A bus hit me oh. at full speed. Yep. Jeez. You got hurt? Yeah, I broke my hip, fractured my pelvis, oh. my ribs. <laughs> that was great. It was Oh my god. I'm not laughing uh, at it. I'm just like you can't, you can't say you can't no. say another word about no. your accident. No. And it was bad. I lost a friend. I was driving. Oh my god. So don't oh. like don't don't everybody this is oh. it was a long time ago and it's it's good. But um but yeah, so afterwards you do go through thoughts of what if five minutes later or what if I did this and and you do wonder, how many times can I get hurt before my time is up? Yeah. So, and that was my second accident. So, mm. <laughs> you know, but still, it's 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 normal to yeah. have those thoughts because it could be serious. Did it take a long time for driving to feel normal oh, for yeah. you again or for you to not be? Like, yeah. I would imagine if that was me, I'd be horrified. I couldn't like, drive for at least a year. I bet. Yeah. It, I mean, I drove, but I was scared every time. I didn't right. want to hurt anybody ever again. Yeah. So, mm. I was nervous that I would that would that would happen and you begin to worry now and I have someone in my car and I don't really like anybody else riding mm. with me just me and mm. well so. it's, it's funny because Kevin uh, the first accident I ever got in me and Kevin have had this conversation as well the existential conversation about my first accident I was a young man this one was totally yeah. my fault I was speeding I was in Lynchfield. Lynchfield? Somewhere out in like those weird farmy towns yeah. around Farm, Frankfurt yeah, or somewhere. Frankfurt. Uh, okay. Where it's all just long roads with ditches and sand yeah. all over them. Yeah, and I was late for work and we were leaving an event we were leaving a band we were playing in a show. Yeah, we had we played, played show, yeah, yeah, we played a show out there. And uh, I was leaving to go to work and I was lost. And Kevin was supposed to come with me, but he decided to get a ride with our manager because I was running late for work and I didn't have time to drop him off basically. Yeah. So he didn't come with me. But I got lost. And in my haste, and I was running, I was going way too fast, I flipped my car into a ditch. Flipped it upside down, 
uh, drove through ditch. The worst in terms of actual damage that I've ever seen to a car. Like, my car was destroyed on the passenger side. Mm -hmm. And the existential conversation we've had over the years was, if Kevin had been in the car, like he was supposed to be, you almost certainly would have either been badly injured or killed. No, I would have been killed. The passenger seat in that car was crushed, like, to within being, the roof was six inches away from the seat. Like, there was no... No two ways about it. Yeah. And it was very, I remember it was very uncharacteristic for me to stay behind for that specific thing. Mm-hmm. We were playing at this weird farm place out in the middle of nowhere, and it sort of sucked. We wanted to get on with the day, but I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to hang back. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, it was probably just a coincidence, but then when you think back about it, you're like, did I know? It's crazy. Do I have Bruce Willis powers? Yeah. Well, it's just crazy how I'm, I just minutes and time can yeah. change everything. Yeah. Well, the other, ar- the other side of that argument, though, was if you had been in the car, I probably never would have gotten lost. That's very true. Do you know what I mean? So there's the other side of that coin. That's very true. You wouldn't have. (laughs) Right? Because I remember specifically when you drove out there, I was talking about, I had a couple points of reference out there. I wasn't like familiar with it, but I knew the main roads. And you were like, I've never been here before. This is a crazy place. And if I'd been with you, we Mm. probably would have found that main road. And before you ask, I think this was before the time when I was using GPS on my phone. I don't remember what year this was. Oh my God, no. This was, you were like 17 or 18. Yeah, we were. were, I think you were 17. No, you you had that black and white brick phone. Oh, yeah, the black and white, yeah, the black and white brick. It wasn't a Nokia, but like one of the similar, Motorola. like the LG, okay. same Motorola, style, which yeah. just one piece didn't even flip open or anything. I was good at Snake, and that phone was all right. Uh, it survived <laughs> that crash, uh, unlike a lot of the other stuff I owned. Uh, so let's let's move on then from car crash. Have you never been in a car crash, right? Um, you hit a deer. I did. I hit a deer uh, going real fast. <laughs> I, I hit a deer oh, going about fifty five, and the deer uh, more or less exploded. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. I was driving a Ford Explorer at the time, and so, like, I squared right up. But it was one of those things, because I know exactly what you were talking about, where as it was happening, as I saw the deer, and, like, all at once, it sort of slows down, and you realize, like, I'm going too fast. There's Mm -hmm. nothing, there's nothing I can do. We're too close. This is going to happen. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Then you go. It was three for the show, but I'm counting those all as one. Um, and you know that it's coming, and it was really weird. I've been in a lot of really close calls, like bad close calls, though, where if things had broken the other way, it would have been like a disaster movie. You know what I mean? Not even like, oh, we just barely missed bumping into each other. The things were like, oh, wow, I just barely missed the car exploding and rolling into a And I think real real quick, when you get in a car accident, it just all of a sudden puts things in perspective in your life that you weren't thinking about. And that's why you probably have those thoughts too. Just because you're like, you're just going through life and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I could have died today or someone could have died. Oh, wait, what if? I mean, yeah. The, <laughs> and then the what if? You're yeah. like, what if? So and I, think I think it's a it's... fact that our modern life doesn't really force us to confront our mortality no. every single day. So and that's what it does. It makes you realize. That's what you're going through right now. Uh, and, you, and, and the weirdest part about it is I, I produce the single-handed... One of the single-handedly fastest turnovers about wrecking a car and getting a new car in human history. I have a new car. It's out oh, in, Yeah, already... Yeah, I think you were like 18 hours. 18 hours. <laughs> 18 hours. I had a new car yeah. in the driveway. But because I've been so gun-shy about driving and because the car is still new to me, yeah. I've been a little afraid to drive my new car. That's normal. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a nice, that's a silver lining here in this accident, though, because that new car is much nicer than the other car. It, You're going to have to find a new segment for when this one's not going to the shop every three <laughs> Yeah, weeks. when this one's not at the shop all the time. This one's got, uh, real smooth. Ride is smooth. Uh, that foreign that foreign craftsmanship, you know what I mean? I've had American cars for a long time lately. Must be it. Back to the foreign side. Yeah, 
All right, speaking of car crashes, let's get into our major story of the week, and that is the uh, the failure of the American Health Care Act, which I'm going to call Trump Care because I think it's funny. I think that's what he kind of called it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great transition. Thank I just you. want to tell you, speaking you. of car crashes, that was really Thank good. A-plus stuff. Uh, so you've probably seen a lot of the coverage on this this week. Uh, there was supposed to be a vote uh, on Thursday. It was pushed back to Friday. That vote was also canceled. Uh, Obamacare reigns supreme in our country still uh, for another, uh, at least for a while. A couple of years. A couple of years. Yep. Uh, Trump has pretty much said that they're going to just move away from it for now, which I don't, which is weird. <laughs> it's like, that we're done with it. That's it. You blew it. Uh, so let me ask you guys a question. And this is the one that I've been thinking about. Are we surprised that this didn't go through? Or was there ever really a chance that this was going to get pushed through at any point in time? There, it wasn't going to go through. No yeah. way. It was too quick. And it's so many detailed and detailed questions they couldn't answer. And people were getting so upset that I don't think there was... They, everyone knew there wasn't enough time and thought put in there. Mm-hmm. And I think people, Republicans right anyway, had to... Um, there are people underneath them because you know can't talk today <laughs> but um they were nervous about what if they would be voted back in or you know so uh, didn't know so. i think that it's it's really important to look at this and point out to like look at, i don't really identify with a lot of republican values specifically mm-hmm. um i disagree with a lot of things about their their party like you know on a huge level the way they handle themselves Anybody who considers himself uh, a follower of the Republicans, Republican voter, needs to look at this and have a very honest conversation why, after seven years of yelling about the Affordable Care Act, after 60 votes to repeal it, after all this time that you had, you have the presidency, you have a majority in both houses of Congress, and you still couldn't put forth a serious bill. I mean, this bill was panned by Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. on all sides. You still, after seven or eight years, you have nothing to show for it besides the obstruction you put up and all this big fuss you put up the last bunch of years. That's incompetent, and that's unfit to govern, and... I hope that that doesn't get just swept under the rug because, like, when you really look right at that, you can't explain that away. Yeah. You've had all the time in the world. There's oh, no excuse. And that's the point I want to bring up. A lot of people are saying, you know, is this a sign of things to come for the way that um, that legislation is going to be put forward, you know, in the future with the Republicans in control? Or, you know, because there's major tax reform on the horizon. There's infrastructure bill on the horizon. Is this a sign that these that gridlock is going to continue into these, or was healthcare something that was never going to get fixed in the first place? I feel like there's probably a better chance they pushed an infrastructure bill through than there is getting a healthcare healthcare bill through. With the, with the healthcare coming in, I think that no matter what, the Democrats wanted to give the Republicans a run for their money and say, you're coming in here and you're tearing apart everything and we're not going to let that happen. And I think that it's going to be tough moving forward with everything because they are going to try mm. to give... You're a small business owner. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I get my health insurance through my work. Kev, I assume you probably get health insurance through your work as well. I do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the, you're a small business owner. Like, where you, what are your thoughts about well, this? Well, like I could never afford to um, yeah. have health insurance in my business. If, really? I, if yeah. I have to, I'd have to. Yeah. yeah. But um, luckily, I don't have to do that. But my um, husband gets it through work. Sure. And it's still a lot. And my son is on Obamacare, though. So, mm-hmm. on Child Health Plus. You know, and not for nothing, like, people have been you know, talking about increasing healthcare premiums since, like, the 50s. Like, this has not been a problem that wasn't building up for a long time. Well, and, right? that, and that's the thing. People look specifically at just the increasing premiums of health insurance and look at that as a direct failure of Obamacare. And there's some credence to the idea that if this bill had worked the way they said they wanted it to originally, that maybe you wouldn't see these increases, but... When it comes down to it, the government doesn't set the premiums of health insurance. It's the health insurance companies, and yeah. that's still the problem. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I thought it was cool to see uh, some of the Democrats, Bernie Sanders, and you know his squad, some of the more progressive guys, put out uh, said they're going to put out a Medicare for all bill, which is basically it's not full on single payer health care, mm-hmm. but Medicare for all would take the Medicare coverage of people from like twenty five percent of the people to about seventy five percent or eighty. And so that everybody would be covered. And it's crazy because when you really think about it, you know, conservatives talk about how much they are for entrepreneurs and small business owners, people like you, Heather. They're like, we want to support these people. They're the ones we really care about. Well, it would really help those people a lot if the onus of providing health care for their employees wasn't on their shoulders and we took care of it with all the money. It definitely is. I mean, how much easier would it be to run a business if you didn't have to worry about paying Yeah, because if I increase my staff or something happens, that's Mm -hmm. a thought. And I couldn't afford to have my business if I had to. Mm. If I have to support health care for I couldn't do it. I know a lot of small business owners, especially in the restaurant industry, who discussed, you know, the concerns about, you know, even just raising the minimum wage, right? And like what what that would do to like keeping yeah. employees in and like the way you'd have to change your business model a little bit to subvert it. You'd have to go to less employees and more time almost to compensate for it. I think you'd probably see a similar thing as well. If you're forcing, you know, if you're forcing a small business owner to go out of pocket for health insurance, right? Yeah. How many employees can you really afford to bring in and cover, right? They're almost making, it's almost becoming impossible to yeah. be a small business owner at yeah. this point because yeah. it's not affordable. Yeah. And, yeah. and that goes into that. Then you have the taxes. I mean, yeah. every quarter I pay taxes and mm-hmm. it's just... Uh, well, Trump, and his own merit, uh, did go out of his way to blame the ultra-right for not uh, supporting his bill. Uh, going forward, he said he's going to try and reach out to Democrats. Yeah. He's trying to pin it on Paul Ryan people. specifically. Um, well, I like when anything gets pinned on Paul Ryan. I can't see. <laughs> Maybe it always the worst. He's, like, just awful. Like a pin. Just pin a pin on him. I'd like did that. Did you hear that they had the Republicans who were not unsure of their vote had they'd gotten with Steve Banning and he had said to them that they basically had no choice and one of them said the last time someone said I had no choice I was 18 years old so I and and I didn't listen to him yeah they said they were going to put him on the list so (laughs) basically I think that this this happening I hate to say for those who wanted Trump care um, this was a good thing because they need to understand that they aren't going to just come in and I think of all the figures in the Trump (laughs) White House and the Trump presidency Steve Bannon still remains the one who gives me the most, like, visceral feeling of disgust when I see him. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, I. So that's the blackest recess of the human soul right there. Like, <laughs> like, like, yes, he's like a slob, and he's just, everything about him is gross. I saw this thing on Reddit about him, and again, I if you don't trust Reddit as a news source, that's fine, too, whatever. It was basically a short documentary about all the movies that Steve Bannon has directed. Do you know he's a director? I had no idea. No, I didn't. Oh, man. When we're done with this, I'm going to pull it up. Apparently, he's directed a lot of movies, and there's specifically a trilogy of movies that he's written that all, directed that all go together that sort of spell out his concept for where he thinks America should be going. It's it's really fascinating. It might be fake news. I'm not totally sure yet, but I, I thought it was fascinating. I think it was uh, interesting. I don't know. I think it was interesting the point you said about uh, Trump said he's going to reach out to the Democrats. I think yeah. I think he's lying. If you can believe he's not a liar, but it makes me it makes me laugh because that's going to make his base so angry. Mm. Like you talk to like the real hardcore Trump voters, their favorite thing in the world is getting one over on liberals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they think they're the Red Sox and the liberals are the Yankees, and they love to just take points away. So they'll get mad at Trump for working with the Democrats. Then he alienates those people. But, like, I've said since the beginning about Trump, if he wants to reach out, if he wants to work with the Democrats, look, if you want to go on TV and act like a jerk and lie to everybody but also pass single-payer health care, yeah. we can make certain concessions yeah. for your behavior, I suppose. <laughs> like, 
If you want to go do the right thing, by all means. I don't know. I think that at this point in time, it's too late to reach out to the Democrats because no, any yeah. Democrat who the Democrats works know, with the Trump, Democrats know he can't be taken seriously. Yeah, but any Democrat who works with Trump is going to be like alienated anyway, right? Like it's such a it's such a mm-hmm. shot. I, no, I agree. I, if I see, and I know you say for single health care, I would be upset if a Democrat were to go and work with. Wait. Even if they passed a completely positive legislation it, that made a positive change, I don't, I don't, I don't think that would ever happen. But if it so, did, though, like I'm saying, I, I just, I can't even go to. I, I did because it did because it won't happen. Well, that's why I'm laughing about it. Listen, I don't think it's going to happen either. <laughs> You're in a fairy but tale world over there, like, and I'm not joining it. Yeah, in, I can't. I can't in even, fictional scenario, I would, I, I just, I would, yes, I would be happy for some good news. As a One of these I just can't days. even like. Like even go there. <laughs> All right, so uh, I did have a I did have a different story about artificial intelligence, but uh, as I expected, we went very long on Trump and car accidents. It all goes together, uh, so we'll save artificial intelligence for later. It's not so time sensitive. Let's get into this week's interview, uh, and I'm very excited to have these folks. You know, I, I've known Rick and Becky personally for a long time. Uh, great people, some of the nicest folks you'll ever want to meet. Yeah. Kev, you've known Rick longer than I have. Probably. I have, me and Rick were on the same Little League team, and he is still uh, my younger brother's uh, probably best friend in the world, mm-hmm. and they have been great friends for a really long time. So, yeah, I've known Rick since we were, I mean... Uh, anyhow, uh, of course, you, may, you guys may know them as the Hungry Uticans and their, uh, and their pretty common uh, restaurant review articles on Made in Utica. I'm very excited to have them on, so without further ado, here is Rick and Becky, the Hungry Uticans. For, Thank for you coming for having in. us. Cheers. And you know, it's. I'm glad you said. Uh, I'm glad you said that because I'm happy that I got some South Utica folks in here. I don't always get South Utica folks. You guys are. You guys are not too far away from me. What's uh, What's South Utica life treating you like so far? It's been great. We've lived there for about three years now. Three Own years a house. Now? Yeah. yeah. So it's going good. I have a dog, and it's been crazy. Oh, we're gonna get into your dog because you guys are very avid dog parents on the internet. Yes. I see you guys all over dog parenting. It's a me lot of work. I thought you were bringing the dog. Um, no, <laughs> she would. We would hear a lot of barking and all this running around. She would not let us get this done. You know what? We have dogs upstairs because mm-hmm. uh, our upstairs roommates have the two dogs. I was thinking about that when you guys are coming. Over. I'm like, man, these two dogs. Are, these dogs upstairs are going to realize there's a dog downstairs. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna get real wild. Well, we were thinking about just like letting her loose upstairs and letting the guys upstairs just deal with her. So it's already an animal menagerie up there. They wouldn't even notice. I don't think. <laughs> just it's a couple more animals. Whatever. Um. So. I am here uh, with Rick Fernandez and uh, you like Becky or Rebecca? Becky. Becky Ertz. Mm-hmm. Is it Ertz? Yes. It's Ertz. not Utz because I was thinking potatoes. It is definitely not Utz, and that is very offensive that. to me when people yeah. say Utz. So. Uh, well, I wish I had that sort of money that comes with the Utz potato chips franchise, but you know, definitely I, don't. I was living in New York. Utz was the, the premier bodega snack food brand. You go to New York City, you go to Brooklyn, there's Utz chips there. 
Are we still taking shots when you say you lived in New York? Um, I am. Like, I'm personally taking it. Like, I, I mark them down and then take them all afterwards because I don't like to do it during the show. Um, so uh, I'm glad to have you guys in. Uh, people may know you as the Hungry Uticans on Maiden Utica. Uh, I don't remember. I did go back and do my research about all the uh, places you've been to, but I didn't remember to look at when you guys first started doing this. When did you guys first start doing the... Around the beginning of last summer, last we got, summer. Um, okay. you know, we go out and eat quite often. We're kind of... Baddies. So we go out a lot. We eat a lot of different food. Mm. Or not really different. We kind of eat the same thing a lot of places. Well, but that's something okay. to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, during the week, you're, you're putting that Monday through Friday grind in. You just want to look forward to something and go out. And mm. having to go out on dinner or going out on Fridays, that's something for us to look forward to Friday or Saturday. And it just, you know, makes the week go by easier. Well, I'm, I'm, I've talked about Utica's obsession with food in the past. And we're, we're going to get deep into that. Before we get too far away, though. I want to break you guys up for a second and get in to know a little bit about you guys. So, Rick, I'm actually going to start with you because I, I know you a little bit better. This happens sometimes in the show where I will know one person a little <laughs> bit better than the other, so this is always fascinating. I like to start with the person I know. Uh, Rick, I'm going to make some uh, some judgment calls based on what I think I know about you. You're going to tell me when I'm wrong. Go you were it. probably born around here, right? You were born in Utica? San Diego. San Diego? Yeah, well, wait. I was wrong. When did you come to Utica from San Diego? Oh, really young. So, oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. Less than a year old. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You ever go back out to San Diego? Yeah, still got a ton of family out there. Really? Yeah. Poway area, actually. It's a little inland from, from San Diego. You're wearing that Supreme hoodie right now. You're pretty cool. It makes sense that you've had some family out in San Diego. <laughs> That's pretty, it's pretty hip out there. Uh, so you came to Utica early then. Yep. And so basically grew up, you know, just was born. Documentations from out there. So. And I, I probably should have asked a little more research from your some of your crew because they know you, but do you have any other family besides yourself? Is it just you? Or? Just me. Only child. Only child. Yep. Do you I have, have a lot of cousins. Ch- <laughs> only child syndrome? Do you have a little of that? I don't know. I can't. I guess you can't <laughs> tell if you're a person. So and I'm going to assume, based on what I know about you and who you chill with, that you went to Notre Dame? I did. Okay. Uh, a lot of times we like to talk about on this show the stereotypes that are associated with the schools you went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually hung out a lot in Notre Dame because I played in a lot of bands with guys from Notre Dame. So I always liked going to Notre Dame. I had a kid from Proctor who I was driving home from a community service and asked me about Notre Dame last week and I had nice things to say about very it, which good. is very scary for most people. <laughs> what was your thoughts about going to Notre Dame? What did you think about it? I liked it a lot. I mean, it was good, small community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you want about the dress code, but it was still nice to just throw on that polo every morning, not worry yeah. about anything. And That's fair. I'm it's curious. I've never done that. Do you think it made a difference about how you interacted with people? Not at all. No. I'm curious because I always thought like I was. I was always curious to see like y'all look the same like when you were in the outfits in school, but like. When you go home, you're just changing your regular clothes. It's kind of surprising when you see somebody out of school. Like, wait, wait a minute. That's what you dress like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really find out on those dress-down days, I guess you call it, about how people were actually were. So you went to Notre Dame. Um, you went to college as well? Oswego. Yep. What did you go to Oswego for? Business administration. Business yeah. administration. Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, business school is great. What was your thought at that time you were going to do with that business degree? Just wanted something within, you know, something that I could do within business. So, yeah. And that was kind of general. And, mm-hmm. really. uh, and now I'm, I'm going to assume that the Hungry Udigans is not the only job you have. What no, do you, it's what not. Do you do? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would I be. think about that with this show. I'm like, I wish this was the only job. A dog dad and the Hungry Udigans <laughs> food eater. Yeah. Uh, do you work around here as well? Yeah, I work up at Special Metals in Hartford. Oh, nice. So. Nice. Do you make special? Are you like a metal crafter? Yeah, not me. But <laughs> the plan is. 
All right, so that's a pretty good start. I'm going to stop there for now because we're going to come back around to how yeah. you guys get started together. But, but Becky, I'm going to work my way over to you. Okay. Uh, I did a little bit of research because you have a Facebook page. I do. And, uh, and Rick does not. Although your Twitter presence is very strong. We'll yeah. Facebook list. <laughs> uh, Becky, were you you were from Verona? Yes, born and raised in Verona. Verona. So you went to VBS then? Yep. When did you come to Utica? Right after college, I got a job in Utica. I commuted, which is about like a half an hour from where I live. I did that for about a year and a half, and then it was just getting nutty, and at that point, I decided to move out here, and then here I've been ever since, so. We've had a lot of, we've had a lot of VVS uh, alum on the show in the past. What was your general, uh, what's your general feelings about going to VVS? Did you like it? Did you not like it? It was fine. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say that it was, you know, it was okay. I'm, I appreciate my alumni there. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a typical VVS student? I, I mean, I probably was at the time, I'm sure. <laughs> so. That's fair. Uh, you went to college as well? Oswego as well. Oswego. Oh, so you guys, did you guys meet at Oswego? No, we never wow. did. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, oh, we met strange. after, but we never met there, never knew each other. We were there at the same exact time, but just never crossed paths. Were you doing business as well, no? Yep, I did marketing. So bo- <laughs> so. Both in the business school, both, pro- I mean, we probably ran into each other countless times, but just never spoke. So, so you guys went to Oswego together? Yes. At the same time. Yep. And sort of the same major, but met here. Yes. That's yeah. very fascinating to me. How did you guys actually meet when you were here in Utica? We met at work. He actually started at the company that I have worked at for the past seven years mm. and still work at. That's uh, Fortis Group? Yep. I'm with the Fortis Group. Yeah. And yeah. at the time, I was just starting to get kind of into management and just mm. kind of very at the very beginning of building my team. Sure. And Rick was somebody that I interviewed and offered the job mm. to, and he worked there for about a year and a half, and we started great. dating. Right? Yeah, he was... And, an exemplary employee. So. so I assume during this dating process, you guys are going out to eat a lot, obviously, doing the food thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At what point in time did it ever come around as an idea that you could do more with just going to get food than just enjoy the food? Wow, that was nice. Let's go somewhere else. Like, When did you feel like you could actually give back to the community by doing something with these experiences? It was, I mean, honestly, I can't really remember, but it was probably brought up to us. Um, We're friends with a lot of people in the Maiden Utica community. A bunch of hooligans and troublemakers. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So we hang out. I work with some of them, and it it eventually got brought up, probably just as a passing comment, that Mm -hmm. you guys should should write about this, you know? And and so we just decided to start doing it. That's kind of how everything works around here. (laughs) Can I say, the Uticast name was a nickname. It was a name. I was working on a podcast in New York City with a friend of mine. Um, and I was sort of helping him, like, get... He was just starting, and I had done a little bit of podcasting. And uh, I was about to move back to Utica, and he... We were sitting at work one day at the restaurant, and he jokingly said to me, like, what are you going to do when you go go back upstate? He's like, you're going to keep podcasting? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just going to start the Uticast, and then I'll just talk about Utica stuff. And we, like, laughed about it. And I meant it, like, kind of ironically at the time. But when I came back to pitch that idea and adjust it, it was just sort of like, well... So, yeah, that's kind of how a lot of our things work yeah. here. Now, um, I talked a little bit about it. You could, I've said it before on the show many times. You could really do almost anything based around food in Utica. You will get some traffic because of Utica's odd obsession yes. with food. Uh, I don't know what to tie it into. Like, maybe it's our refugee background and all the different, like, cultures that have mixed around here and all the different, it like, it makes sense. But I wonder what it is that has this obsession with, like, you, Uticans have such this obsession with food. Like, what do you think it is, primarily? Tough question, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a passion of the area. I guess if you go to any other city, people are going to be just as passionate about their food as you know we are. Utica gets a surprisingly high amount of rep, though. Like when I see a lot of like lists of like top places to eat in New York, it's usually like New York Mm -hmm. City, 
like Buffalo, and then Utica's right yeah. around yeah. the next three or four. And I remember when I was in college, I was actually, um, it was somebody in my friend's group was from Utica, and that's <laughs> all that you heard. And like, I even though I was only a half an hour down the road, basically, you know, there was some stuff that I never ate until I came here. Like, I never tried Utica Greens until I came here. Um, and I remember when I went to college and a lot of my roommates were from downstate, you know, I would see half moon cookies and grab a half moon and they'd be like, what are you talking about? They're black and white cookies, which they are very different, but I've said many times though, that in Utica, we like to give something that exists other places, a different name. You can get chicken Rickies other places. We just don't call it chicken Rickies. Right. We call it Penny Vodka or Penny, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys have been to, I've looked through a little research here, I think it's at, at least 14 different places you've done reviews for so far. Mm-hmm. Um, have you built up like a rep in the area? Do people see you come in and they're like, oh, here comes the Hungry Utica in his mouth. I don't know if it's been restaurants, <laughs> but there have been people on our street that like when we've been walking the dogs, somebody has stopped us and said, oh, you're the people who write that blog, which was mm-hmm. kind of strange. And our next door neighbor came out one day and was like, oh, I heard you guys are doing that. You know, and these are people that we would have never, ever expected. But that was by far the weirdest when somebody literally slowed down their car and yelled out the window, Mm -hmm. hey, I know you guys. (laughs) I had somebody recognize my voice once, and that was weird. I was like, oh, man, that's something. Uh, All right, so what would you say, uh, I'll start with uh, with you, Rick, on this one. Of all the places you've been to so far, what would you say is your number one place you've been to? Oh. There's a lot of questions. I have the list. If you Ancora is by Ancora. far my top. I was just there last I mean, week, actually. <laughs> I think I ask her, like, every other week if we could go back. Yeah. And it's... I grew they up always with, treat you well. I mean, Dan is such a good host. And yeah, GFOP Dan Lacani. I go way back with him. I think my my biggest thing about Encore is I knew Dan Lacani when he was kind of a goof and not like a serious <laughs> businessman. So whenever I go in there, I'm like, I can't believe you're such a serious like professional now because I'm so used to you being like a goof jumping into right. a swimming pool. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, what about, Becky, what about you? Chesterfields. Chesterfields. Number one. Oh, that's old school. Love it. That's old school. So good. Um, I see. Chesterfields is what I think of. Whenever I have some sort of family event, like uh, a graduation, mm-hmm. like funeral, mm-hmm. uh, it's always at the Chester. They got that big banquet room. They it's do have that big banquet room. And it's classic Utica mm-hmm. banquet food, too. Mm-hmm. It's top level. So good. What about you? What's your favorite? Oh, that you guys have done or in general? I guess or in general. Yeah. Well, in general, our list. I'm going to get into this because I went through your whole list. And we do a lot of, uh, we're trying to do a lot more Twitter polls on the show. And I looked at all the places you've been to. You've been to some great places. I love I love the food over at Slice. Hard to deny their oh, pizza is that great. Uh, Nail Creek Brunch, phenomenal. You guys said that Cafe Del Bono has the best calamari. Uh, I'm going to say, I've never tried it, so I can't make the argument that it's not. I'm a big proponent of the Simeon's calamari. Oh, agree. Mm, it's good. Mm-hmm. I like spicy uh, That's not what we haven't written so, about yet. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to get that in a second. Uh, <laughs> because we do a lot of polls on this show. And I came up with four restaurants that I think I... I've talked about in the show many times that I think you guys haven't gone to yet that I would like to see you go to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it up after the show's on and see if we get any votes Let's on it. it. These are the four that I, I thought of. And if you okay. guys don't want to do any of them, let me know. Number one, uh, Karam's. I grew up as a Middle Eastern guy. I love Karam's. That's a big one for me. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Rick loves uh, Karam's. <laughs> uh, number two, just because I ride or die, Mellow's. Mellow's Subs oh, is a so big good. one for mm-hmm. me. Uh, number three, I said Simeon's just because I saw the Del Bono's thing. We were just there last week. You were just there last week? Are you doing that one? We haven't photographed it yet, but we will. All right, so maybe another excuse to go there. I know, right? Uh, And then this one, I feel like you need to do for, like, a special episode. You guys need to go to Pelletary Joe's. Mm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) See? You gotta do it, man. It's important. It's an important place. <laughs> that might have to be a video blog I, that we do. We'll get the whole team to go. I would look. See, that's what we were saying. That place deserves like 
video documentation yeah. <laughs> and like live play. That place is a relic. I love it. I remember seeing the thing the, the OD did, and little John, he was he didn't want any more people coming in. That was like his final statement. He's like, yeah, we don't need the publicity. No, <laughs> no they don't want it. I don't want this. Yeah, don't make it kicked out if we start. Have you guys done Taylor yet? Uh, I don't no. think we've done it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Taylor. I'm biased because I spent a lot of time working there with GMOP, mm-hmm. Tim. He's a great guy. But they, you know, they get a reputation for being one of the best, and there's, there's an earned reputation. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, Guys, again, when you guys, uh, I don't know exactly what your publishing date, do you guys just publish whenever you go out, or? We did it over the summer, and we're probably going to start doing another series this summer. So, we kind of, I mean, everything got crazier on the holidays, Mm -hmm. so we've kind of taken a hiatus, so. We have a couple in the vault, they just haven't been posted yet, and we'll probably get them going soon. (laughs) Uh, Well, excellent, and again, you guys can go to uh, mayutica.com backslash hungryutigans, I think, if not, I'll just link it in the Twitter. Uh, uh, You can follow them both on Twitter at... uh, that's yep. pretty good. <laughs> and then Rick underscore Carson, which makes me laugh all the time. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, you guys should get, you guys need like a Hungry Utigans Twitter is what you guys need. Yeah, we probably do. Mm. I think I have there's like one s- held out there. Is there? It's yeah. not active. I'll, yeah. I have like seven Twitter accounts. I think only four of them were active. But it was, like, back in the day, I had a lot of fake Twitter accounts. I don't know why. I, don't I had a fake wrestling Twitter account. You ever, like, speaking of that, you ever get those like, your contact has... Recently added on Twitter at, and then it's like the yes. weirdest thing ever. I'm trying to figure out who keeps doing that. I, they find Is more. No, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> they find more ways to try and get you to click and follow stuff. Like Twitter, I, I love Twitter. It's my favorite social media platform, I think. Uh, but I feel like it's it's probably on the way out a little bit. I don't think people use Twitter anymore. I think it's. I think people like the Snapchats and the Facebooks better, and Instagram is very popular, which I gotta get mm-hmm. better at. All right, guys. Uh, so again, you can go to makeyutica.com backslash hungryutikins. It is that time, however, for us to get into our lightning round. You guys ready for the lightning rounds? Bing, bing, yeah. All right. These are the same six questions that we ask everybody who's been on the show for the last 40 some odd episodes. However, before we do that, I have one bonus question that I ask, and it makes sense since you guys are here. Uh, Rick, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, if you could have dinner with anybody, living or dead, who is not your family, who would you choose? Oh, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, of course, you're a big Yankee fan, aren't you? Just to be able to sit at the same table. <laughs> so many questions. I think, for me, I, I love I loved the Yankees growing up. I still love the Yankees, but I think part of my Yankee fandom died when Jeter left because I started watching baseball in, like, 95 when mm-hmm. they lost against the Mariners. So I got to really watch that whole, his rookie year to his retirement. His career. And ever since that's he's been gone... I feel like I just don't care a little bit, just a little bit less. Yeah. Like I just something about it doesn't. It's not there as much. Becky, what about you? I really have no idea. This <laughs> is a tough one. Think. Um, I know I can't think of anybody. Um, Do you want me to come back to you? Yeah, I'm right, we'll going to totally All right, I'll come back to you. Uh, I'll hit you with. I'll hit you with the first one of our lightning round questions. Okay. All right, so here we go. Lightning round questions. Uh, Becky, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Uh, with cream and sugar. Cream and sugar. Yes. Flavored creamer or just plain cream? If it's available, yes. Usually caramel or something up along We're big way. fans of the uh, the sweet Italian cream. Whatever the Italian sweet Oh, cream. I have that at work, too. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, Rick, what about you? How do you take your coffee in the morning? Black. Black. Another tally on the coffee black mark every time. Every <laughs> time. All right. Uh, we'll stay with you on this. We'll go snake draft style. Uh, Rick, what was your first automobile? A Buick Century. Buick Century. Oh, those are big. It was a big car. Yeah. It's like a lot of it. It was white. <laughs> I think Dano actually almost threw it into a ditch once. Ah, my personal GFOP, Dan Avisato. Yes. What a legend. He's gone through a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky, what about you? First 
automobile. I had a Toyota Yaris. I actually didn't get my license until I was 21. Really? So my first car was for my first job. Yeah. Did you just like get driven around by your friends a lot? Uh, just by my family, yeah. That's the move. That's <laughs> so. smart. Uh, so you may or may not have taken this car to see it, but what was your first rock and roll or music live event concert? I actually have not gone to very many concerts. Sure. So my very first one was probably one that was in Oswego at some point. It was probably the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> I saw the Goo Goo Dolls at the Odd because I was playing in a band and our guitar player was a huge, huge Goo Goo Dolls mark. We were front row at the Odd. That's awesome. For the Goo Goo Dolls. I remember seeing was... them and I know I went to another concert in Oswego, but I couldn't even tell you what it was. Like, I'm just not a live music person. The thing, I don't love the Goo Goo Dolls as much as I get older. I appreciate mm-hmm. that time and that place. What I will remember from that concert forever was that Lisa Loeb opened. Four Goo Goo Dolls, and everyone I knew, like every guy who was there, fell in love with. Oh yeah, every was, every guy loves oh, Lisa yeah, Loeb. Anytime I wear glasses, it's like, oh, you remind me of Lisa Loeb. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, Rick, how about you? First live concert? I I really don't know. I'm trying to think. I'd have to go back and look at all my ticket stubs because I keep <laughs> I got a big shoebox filled. You, you you keep the stubs? Keep the stubs. I don't know what to do with them, but I keep the stubs from live wrestling, but I don't tend to keep a lot of other stuff. I don't know why. It just they float around. All right, so let's stay on this one. Uh, same lines of questioning. Uh, Rick, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are reading, listening to, or watching. Ooh. Let's see. Current show is Shades of Blue. Shades of Blue. It's a CBS uh, show. Is that a cop show? Cop show, J-Lo, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, yes. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta's nuts. <laughs> Current show. We talk a lot about Liotta. <laughs> I'm a big Liotta fan. Kevin's not a big Liotta fan. We have big debates about it all the time. Uh, what about you? Uh, well, I watch Survivor every Wednesday night. Wow, really? Yes, a Survivor life? Are you still on Survivor? I, I love it. I still love it. Um, 20 years later. <laughs> Rick hates it. I make oh, him watch man. it every week. Oh, that's good stuff. Do you feel like you could do it? If you were on the show, could you, could you uh, hang? The, the, I like the like mind messing that it does with people, <laughs> but I would probably literally die out there. <laughs> I can't think of a reality show that I would succeed on. I'm not conniving enough to do good on like a Big Brother or Survivor type show. See, that's what that that's what I would love. That's where I'd thrive, but I like literally mm. might die by not eating. So. I'd have to do something like The Amazing Race. But I would be looking around at stuff and I would be really slow. Like, we're supposed yeah. to be Look at all this stuff. This is great. We're See, like, we could never do the amazing race because I would want to kill him the entire time. We'd <laughs> be doing the same thing. Well, that's what happens when you're in a car with anybody for a long yeah. Yeah. time. You just get angry. That's the whole point of that show. Um, all right. So uh, this one I'm going to have you guys do together. Uh, normally I set this up as a wrestling themed question, uh, which is basically you're a professional wrestling tag team. The intergender, uh, the intergender tag team champions of the world, the Hungry Judy and Judas, are walking down the ring. Uh, you have the belts above your head. The crowd is chanting your name. What theme song is playing in the background? But in this case, I'll just say, do you guys have a Hungry Udikins theme song that no, you guys we use? We definitely should, though. Is there any song you guys could agree on that maybe I could play you out on after this that you guys would use as your Hungry Udikins theme song? I don't know. We have pretty different tastes in music. Yeah, we have so. very different tastes in music. <laughs> <laughs> He's all jam bands, and I'm all. Uh, do you, are you not else. into the jam? It's t- jam <laughs> band music is as a musician. I liked. I like watching jam bands because I appreciate the like the talent, but it, mm-hmm. it really it never. I never clicked with it. Like I think when I was younger, I was into Dave Matthews. Was as close as I ever got, and then I don't know. 
I was too much of a punk rocker. I never could like go with like the distortion. <laughs> I, I like. Get I, away from I mean, like... I listen to all types of music. I don't hate jam bands by any means, but that's that's literally all, right. all he listens to. So he likes. Rap. So he likes jam band music. And what do you? What's your genre? Oh, like just pop, upbeat stuff, stuff you can dance to and sing along to. Poppy, jam band song. I'll find something. Yeah. For you. I'll find something to play you guys. <laughs> That'll be quite the. Vibe. I'll put some hot chip on it. All right, uh, and I guess uh, I'll ask you guys separately. Uh, besides, um, you know community uh, involvement besides being dog parents uh, besides Utica's obsession with food and besides uh, being involved with Made in Utica obviously uh, <laughs> Becky I'll start with you give us one more thing you're passionate about Ooh, my job I love yeah. my job I love nice. sales I love managing people and that's probably the thing that when I'm not at work I'm still thinking about work 24-7 I'm definitely workaholic and that's what I I love my job and I love where I work <laughs> Rick what about you one more thing you're passionate about uh, golfing this area yeah. has a lot of golf there's a lot of golf fans here, and I, again, I've seen you on Twitter. I've seen you out there. You got some golf skills. <laughs> when you grow up playing, you know, at a young age, it's you know it's fun to be out there, especially with the amount of courses that we have in this area. You know, you could go play a new course every day of the month with oh, a yeah. twenty mile ride. You know, who else is a good golfer is Andy Sullivan. Your he is. your GFOP, and I'll tell you this much. I was thinking about this before you came over, and I'm glad I thought of it before I end. You've actually been on the show before. Yeah, you were in the Bachelor background. Stock. You were in the back, the background at Bachelor Stock. We interviewed Andy for his bachelor party. That right. was a good time. You right. <laughs> <laughs> have to give you a trophy now. Uh, so, guys, uh, thank you for joining us again. Uh, Hungry Uticans uh, coming up. Probably said summertime. Getting as it gets yeah, warmer. probably around June after Memorial Day. Uh, MadeUtica.com backslash Hungry Uticans. It's been a real pleasure to have you guys here. I'm sorry it took so long to get you. Thanks, uh, folks. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Again, thank you one more time to Rick and Becky. They are the coolest. Check them out. Made in Utica, the Hungry Uticans. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, before I get into uh, this week's poll and our history lessons, uh, I see you snickering at my Taco Bell coffee. Are you laughing about I my Taco Bell coffee? I didn't even know they served coffee. Well, they, they do breakfast now. I, I understand that. I still can't get over mm. Taco Bell coffee. couple I, things. Of all the coffees you could get at a fast food, that was the one that... Mm. Couple couple things. Uh, so I drive past a couple different uh, fast food type establishments in the morning that serve breakfast if I am too lazy to make something in the house, which most times I am. Um, the three are McDonald's, Taco Bell, Dunkin' Donuts. And here's my options generally. 
if I get to Dunkin' Donuts and there's not legitimately a line from the drive-through out into the street back up to the side of the thing, right. yeah, then I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts. Generally, that's not as often as I'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. Next to Dunkin' Donuts, there's a Taco Bell, which also serves breakfast. And let me tell you, never a line. <laughs> I can get in and out of there in 45 <laughs> seconds. It's the fastest coffee stop in all the land. Uh, is the coffee good is yeah, the question that's yeah. important. It is not any different than any Burger King or McDonald's. Or I think it's got to be whatever. on par with like at least gas station coffee. <laughs> What's weird is when I was living in Brooklyn... And you would go to like Mexican restaurants for breakfast because you could go to like you order like Mexican breakfast from yeah, a lot yeah. of the Mexican place. It was great. You could get Mexican coffee, and Mexican coffee is basically just coffee doctored up with like certain spices and cream. And it's like well, it's a, probably great. They're close with the beans. Yeah, <laughs> they're very close. It's direct yeah. bean contact. Uh, and Mexican coffee was a delicious treat. So I do remember going to Taco Bell thinking, ooh, maybe it's Mexican coffee. It's not. No. It's <laughs> not. No, it's just like it green. It's nice though. It says this epic day begins. This was literally just... It's very nice. It's not great. It's I, definitely it's like a, a, a 4 out of 10. It's the first coffee I've ever seen, coffee cup I've ever seen from Taco Bell. The branding is very strong. Here's some bad podcasting for you where we look at the branding on a cup our, our listeners <laughs> can't see, can see. That no one else can see. Uh, so, yeah, Taco Bell coffee, not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get some money from Taco Bell for all this shit that you're doing. We, well, we just blew them up. We just send a bunch of Doritos tacos to the house. All right, so let's get into uh, this week's history lessons. You guys ready? No? Yes? Uh, Okay. Here we are. All right. Uh, uh, On this day in 1998, here's a good one, the FDA approves Viagra for home use. Uh, It sold $1 billion in sales of Viagra. Where were they using it before people could use it at home? (laughs) Just in the scientific room. Just for public use. Uh, Not at home. Do you want to take a shot at how many uh, men have used Viagra since 1998? How, what was the first number? Uh, it was a million in the first, a billion dollars in sales the first year. Uh, hundreds of millions, I'm sure. 20 million people. That's, yeah. what, that's the number. 20, 20 million, million people. One t- that's one different person. 20 different, mil- 20 million different people. 20 million uh, different yeah, people have taken No duplicate, it. no. Oh my lord. <laughs> I remember, all it makes me think of is there was this old stand-up guy who was talking about, like, the, the wonders of modern medicine. He's like, they can't cure cancer yet, but they can grow your hair back and make sure you can still get aroused. You can tell who's got the money in the, in the, <laughs> in, like, the medical industry, like, where all our dollars are going to. Uh, so, yeah, 1998. Uh, on this day in 1973, uh, Marlon Brando declined his Best, as- uh, be- best Actor Oscar. Now it's Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he uh, protested the portrayal of Native Americans on film. Today, we would have called him a social justice warrior, but back then it was kind of a power move, right? I feel like it's, I mean, it's probably still a power move for the Hollywood people these days, but that's, oh boy, that's way ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know what he did? Like, he just didn't show up, and he had a representative from, I think it was like the Sioux Nation, to show up and read a speech talking about how he's not going to accept it because of the plight of her people, and it was really, it was That's a power move. Sending somebody else to yeah. read a speech yeah. about why you're not coming <laughs> to give the speech that you did right is amazing. That skip was pretty good. Uh, on this day in 1939, this one's relevant, uh, Oregon won the first ever NCAA March Madness tournament. Uh, at that time, there were only eight teams. Uh, it was only in 2001 that it is the 64 we know today. Uh, Do you guys know the Final Four is going on? It happened again this weekend? Nope. No, I forgot I about just, it after week I know one. Nothing about basketball. basketball no. Uh, well, Kev, I'll give you real quick. Then here's the last four: South Carolina, uh, South Carolina versus Gonzaga. Who you got? Uh, Gonzaga. Uh, Oregon versus North Carolina. Who you got? North Carolina. 
Uh, Gonzaga, North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina's winning the chip. Sure. Perfect. There it is. Uh, all right. On this day in, in 1884, the first long-distance phone call was made between Boston and New York. Remember when long-distance... 1884? 1884. Oh. Yeah. Did I say 19? <laughs> 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 My very <day>. short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1884. Remember when long-distance phone calling was a thing? That died with cell phones, right? It pretty much did. Not at first. Not at first. That's Not right. Not at first. That's right. As somebody who was a senior in high school and brought my then new cell phone on vacation to Florida uh, so I could talk with my girlfriend at the time and got the phone bill afterwards, I'm here to tell you it didn't all go right away. <laughs> I was working for Verizon in the era when uh, text messages were still very expensive. And I remember getting a lot of like calls from angry parents. And you parents. could roam real easy, too. So if you're out of an area, oh, yeah. you could get roaming charges all yeah. the time. You millennials got it easy now with all your unlimited internet and your like free long-distance calling. I have a friend in England who texts me for free because we're both on iMessenger now. That would cost me a ton of money otherwise. And you can sure. almost talk on your cell phone without a cell phone carrier. Just about. It's true. All through Wi-Fi. There's a lot of ways you can... Like, I've read a lot of stuff about like Magic Jacks and ways you can just circumvent ever having a phone yeah. ever again. We'll do a whole episode on ways you can circumvent uh, normal... I think, have, I think we all have a friend who does that. I think, I, I think <laughs> he's upstairs. I, I, I know somebody who does that. Um, I'll go that far. <laughs> I know a guy. Uh, the next year, on this day in 1885, uh, the Salvation Army was officially, rec officially recognized. Uh, so, you know, wasn't about 100 years later, 110 years later, that I was buying dope shirts. Very cheap from the Salvation Army thrift store. So thanks a lot, guys. Seems like the long-distance phones did a lot to help the Salvation Army get their operation up and running. Yes, it's true. I'm just going to assume context clues. And then the very next year, in 1886, uh, Coca-Cola right <laughs> uh, Coca went on sale for the first time. Uh, it was offered as a cure for hysteria and the common cold. <laughs> yes. I watched that on the... Um that show Drunk History or is that, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You ever watch that? It's yeah. like the best episode they ever had I, I think out of all of them. Uh, That's a great show. Now they find out that Coca-Cola actually causes hysteria and also the common cold. So what a world we live in. Oh. Alright, that's all the history lessons I got Thank for this you. week, guys. <laughs> Thank you for that being yeah. all the history <laughs> I don't know how I would have lived without knowing all of that. Uh, so guys, we have some poll results from last week. We did our polls about uh, the fashion choices that would come back into style. Do you guys remember this? Yes. 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 Um, I know. <laughs> I know that you guys didn't agree, but cargo shorts won handily. What? It seems like because well, the How argument many is voted like two. Uh, twenty six. <laughs> oh that, my god! That one for what's going to be coming back? Yeah, for what's well, the argument was that cargo shorts are already back. It seems to be the general argument. Cargo I, shorts never went away I, for a lot of the people. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. They right? became it became like trendy to laugh at cargo shorts and to allow yourself to feel superior to those in cargo shorts. In some ways, maybe you are. In some ways, maybe you're not, but I think people are still wearing cargo yeah, shorts. I no. still see them everywhere I go. I see them all the mm -hmm. time. I think you had people go on there and vote cargo. Do you think I had a, a campaign? I think he went on there personally like, and voted cargo uh, shorts. Cargo, cargo. I saw an elaborate ploy for him to get his yeah. cargo shorts back out of the closet. What did scrunchies get? What did scrunchies get? Uh, scrunchies came in second exactly. at twenty-seven percent. Exactly. Trucker hats at fifteen percent. Mm -hmm. Frosted tips at eight. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I voted for frosted tips. <laughs> so not a strong showing for the frosted tips community. I didn't foresee that one not making it. Sorry, guys. Uh, so I did come up with a new poll, and it's a little bit more relevant to the Hungry Uticans who are just uh, here. Uh, Hungry Uticans have reviewed a lot of restaurants locally. Uh, a lot of them. I went back through. But there's four of them that I came up with that they have not yet reviewed. So I've, I'm going to put these four out there and say... Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, so here's four good. that they have yet to review. And if you guys... Content creating yeah. content. I'm yeah. into that. <laughs> uh, number one uh, is my, my spot of choice, Caroms. Oh, Haven't done yes. a Caroms one yet. 
Uh, number two, just because I ride or die with their subs all the time, Mellows. Why not Mellows? Uh, number three, Simeons. Oh. Simeons. I was shocked to see Simeons wasn't on there, especially when they said the Cafe Del Bono has the best calamari, which I think is a... I'd have to get some research in. Call it an oversight? I'm saying I have to do the research. And then, of course, Pelletary Joe's. Why not? The ultimate. It's got to be Pelletary Joe's. That's for the real Uticans. So those are the four I came up with. I also thought Vosses, because they haven't gone to Vosses yet. Do you not? I don't like Vosses that much. I just feel like it's like a hot dog or hamburger you can get anywhere. It's fine. I think it's just the name. It is just just the name and the idea of it. But I'm happy to see Caram's on there, because there's a lot of classic restaurants that are kind of like, well, everything new is coming in. Um, Mm. To see them on there, I love Caram's. Yeah, Caram's is great. Zena's was on my short list, too. I just have a hard time knocking Pelletary Joe's off because I'm such a dirty. Attack. I feel like for Pelletary Joe's, they're gonna have to do like a big special like presentation. <laughs> they have to make a video. They gotta make a video of Rick and my brother going down there at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning. Well, that's how you have to go. Video. They're not open any other time, I don't think. Uh, so yeah, that'll be the poll for this week. I'll put that up. I'm excited about this one. Uh, so guys, uh, remember we've talked we've talked about this in the show before. Maybe not with you, Heather, uh, about Pluto, about whether or not it's a planet. So they got rid of Pluto as a planet. We grew up thinking there were nine planets. Then they told us there were eight. Uh, apparently, though, there is some argument about the new definition of a planet. And apparently... Oh, yeah, yeah. Let the rock just float. <laughs> I mean, just let it float. So, so based on... Basically, if you... This new idea bases what's a planet on... On the shape of the planet and also surface features. Like, what's on the planet, right? And under this new model, not only is Pluto a planet again... There are also 109 other new things that are now considered planets. Oh it's too much. It's over. It's too much, it's right? Over. That's we, the end of our solar system. We, I know. The whole <laughs> idea of it. What are they going to teach in school now? I feel like, like right? How, it was so exciting for us when we learned about Saturn and all this. So easy. And now we're like, that little thing over there? So, yeah. Now uh, you can get a planet yeah. after, on your name. Brown Dwarf so. DXM17A. <laughs> And Jupiter. Uh, now this is now this is not totally accepted yet. A lot of this is a new idea, and a lot of the astrophysicist community in our country is not totally involved in it, uh, including one of my all-time favorites, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who has long time been an advocate that Pluto is not a planet. Um, however, uh, I do want to talk about Neil specifically for just a minute. Um, I'm not going to get into the Pluto thing. I'm saying I'm rooting for Pluto. I'm a big Pluto guy. I like Pluto. Why? I don't know. Is it because it's named? I feel bad for Because he's a little guy? Because it's, it's got a name. It's got a you name. root for something with a name. Let's keep... Why not keep Pluto? <laughs> it's nice to have one little tiny one all the way out there on the edge wrapping a circle. It's like the little the guy just came. I don't know if we need 109 other ones. No. It seems no. like overkill. But can we just have Pluto back? I'd like to have Pluto back. Anyhow, uh, speaking of Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, he had a really fascinating... Uh, there was a really fascinating interview with him on uh, Vox this week, and I like to go... Vox has great interviews with people, and... Um, they asked nine questions to Neil deGrasse Tyson, and these were questions that explore the intellectual habits of the most interesting thinkers in the world. Uh, so I figured I have two of the most interesting thinkers in the world here in front of me. I'm going to present these questions that they presented to Neil deGrasse Tyson to you guys. Don't worry. They're not quite as hard as, they, as you think they are. <laughs> I'm no. not worried. All right. Okay. All right. So here's the It'll first one. No. All right. So here's the first one. Um, uh, and I'll start, with, uh, I'll start with Heather on this one because this one's not so bad. What is the first? What's the first? Well, because some of them are. What more does that mean? I thought, Well, you are kind of stupid. So. I'm not saying. No, no. What's the first piece of media you consume every day? CNN. 
CNN. Yes. Really? Yep. Interesting. I'm a Chris Cuomo fan. Big Chris Cuomo. Yep, I am. <laughs> Kev, what about you? First piece of media you consume every day. First piece of media? Yeah. Um. Does that are we do we count music as media? Like, does that count, or do we mean like uh, based media on type agency type thing? Neil's answers were the weather on my smartphone and then the New York Times. That's what he okay. Said. I see what so, you're saying. Um, probably some version of Twitter, but the weather's a good one too. I check the weather pretty much every day. Yeah, weather's pretty good. Uh, I say Reddit is usually pretty high on my list. When I get to a computer, I usually go to NPR though. NPR yeah. is a good first stop for me. My Alexa plays NPR. Like, oh, you, Alexa, have an, you have an Alexa? Yeah. Like Alexa, play the news, and oh, it will tell her. Alexa creeps me out. Oh, she's great. Yeah, Alexa creeps she's me so out. She's so sweet. <laughs> we could do a whole. Other... <laughs> she turns on our lights and everything. I'm gonna tie that into our future artificial intelligence episode. Uh, Heather has Alexa, because I'm very curious about oh, Alexa. She's great. All right, but let's get into the next one. Uh, so, Kev, here you go. Name a writer or publication you disagree with, but still read. Um, a writer or publication that I disagree with that I still read. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like I've got people specifically that I go to, but I'm kind of blanking on it. I do the Huffington Post because they're so. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, you got now you're making us look a little. They're gone too liberal. Too liberal. Yeah, yeah. A little bit too off the deep end. That's fair. I I do read other things too besides news, but like when when it comes to that, that's definitely when I'll read. I'm like, yeah, I like it, but no. You know what's you know what's not you know what's not a reader, uh, but that I've listened to. Um, I've been known so when I can't think of some music that I want to listen to in the car, and I think sports talk radio is kind of boring. Um, I'll put on the only other radio we've got around here. I'll put on Fox News Radio. Oh yeah. And I've listened Mm -hmm. to. I've probably listened to 150 hours of Sean Hannity in my life and I think Sean Hannity is one of the worst people that walks this planet today I think he's evil and I'd like to fight him but I've listened to a lot of it and it's interesting it gives man it really gives an interesting perspective on the thought process on certain sides that aren't the side that I identify yeah. with. Mm. It almost makes you rethink. God, like, Wait, should I... Oh, no. I'm not falling for it. I'm not doing it. You'll find yourself, though. Like, <laughs> after... Like, you'll be in the car for, like, four hours one day and, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know what? These goddamn Democrats are <laughs> like, all right. Wait, wait, wait. 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 <laughs> no, 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 that doesn't make any sense at all. I think, for me, it's a lot of New York City hangover. I still am prone to go on to the Daily News or the New York Post, which is all trash. It's just a rag sheet. It's the worst, oh, but it is... I, but it's, it's so like it, entertaining. It is. I read, mo- I read something the other day, and I'm like, I'm reading this. I'm going to read the whole thing on this. I thought I was so cool back in, like, 06 when I would roll into Domenico's with my copy of the Daily <laughs> News. And <laughs> and I would get my coffee and read the Daily News with my headphones on and hope that no one would talk to me, but hope that everybody saw me. Because yeah. <laughs> I was... My dad j- used to read the New York Post all the time. I liked the New York Post when I was younger because it, when you're younger, like, it appeals because the writing's certainly, like, not that dense or yeah. deep or complex. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I would just tear through the New York Post uh, and feel very accomplished when I was, like, nine. All right, so who is... Uh, Heather, here's one for you. Who is the person who has most influenced the way you think? My husband. Really? Yeah, because mm. before him, I wasn't... I was not that much... I wasn't into politics that mm-hmm. much. I wasn't... I didn't pay attention to the news all the time. So, like, mm-hmm. he got me thinking more in depth on things like that. And mm-hmm. now I'm completely into it. And mm-hmm. I was just so, like, I didn't go past very much. You know, fair. so now I actually am interested in things like that. NPR, all of that. Uh, my stock answer for this is always Rod Serling. I just find Rod Serling to be the most fascinating, inspirational, like, charismatic person who just always felt that saying what was necessary and saying what was right and doing it in a way that was both artistic and creative was just that's just everything that's everything that you could ever hope to do i I just i loved it everything about him 
I th- yeah, I think it's really hard to just pick one because it makes so much sense. Like the people, because like, truly the answer is like people in your life, right? Like it's yeah, probably yeah. your parents and your things like that who really set in foundations or, you know, you with your husband, these people that you're so close to. But somebody, something that always comes to mind that I remember having a distinct effect on the way that my brain worked after like sort of reading it and, you know, consuming it was when I read uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman philosopher mm-hmm. and sort of started the whole idea of like stoicism and the mm-hmm, concept sure. that you can't, change the things that happen to you you could only have effect over your reaction to this external stimulus so things shouldn't really get you that upset Mm -hmm. that was a huge help for me and has been a huge help in sort of building the way i look at the world as an adult so marcus aurelius who you may recognize as uh joaquin phoenix's dad and gladiator Mm -hmm. that's also that was marcus aurelius (laughs) that was the person you know, we're going long on this, but I feel like I got, these are good. I like these. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. So, uh, Kev, what is your worst intellectual habit? Oh, man. I feel like I've got a bunch. Um, confirmation bias. Mm. I think I think there's a lot of, like, like, logical fallacies that people sort of fall into, but I think confirmation bias is easy. Uh, it's really easy to, to read something. I think one of the biggest problems we have right now, actually, in the world is that it's really easy to just read things that confirm your worldview and just look into things that basically tell you you're right. Right. And it's easy yeah. to stick to just that stuff and get only that, mm. and I think that's why it is important to listen to people and try to truly understand people you disagree with. Mm. So confirmation bias, probably. Uh, Heather? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, how do I go past that one? <laughs> uh, I feel like... Um, Worst intellectual habits a tough one because Neil's answer was that there were no bad intellectual habits, which is kind of a cop out answer. That's a cop out. See, Um, I'm with him on that one. um, (laughs) I think that my worst intellectual habit is to fall back on the fact that I like went to school to do research. So I always feel like I have this idea in my head of how to do research, and it's the only way to do it, and I'm always right by it. Like I'm caught up in my own method of doing something, and I don't always expand out and try new things, even as tech has changed and like. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I'm sort of stuck in my ways. Big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, here's one. When's the last time you changed your mind about something, Heather? Oh, gee, like every day, every hour. <laughs> 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 changed my mind about something earlier today, I guess, when I didn't want to take my son to... <laughs> to I'm like, am I going to bring him to Uticast today, or am I not? I'm going to bring him. And then when I left it, I'm like, no, we're going to leave him at that. We're going to bring him. Because he was almost going to come and be on the show today. Oh, yeah, there you and go. He would have screamed the whole time. I feel like... Um, Having a kid is an experience where you feel like you change your mind all the oh, time. Oh, it's all day long. Yeah. My brain is fried by the time I got here today, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, what about you? Last time you changed your mind about uh, something. I feel like I changed my mind pretty often. Yeah. Pretty often. I mean, about I, I feel like I'm open to changing my mind about something. If I listen to you know somebody mm. else's perspective, you can change my mind. I don't necessarily think I'm capricious where I'll flip-flop my own mm. mindset on something without like somebody presenting me another way. Like Once I sort of make my mind up about something, I've made it up, but... I don't know. I feel like I change my mind pretty often. A lot of times we'll be talking about like work stuff, tackling problems at work where I feel one way about something, so I'm going to explain it. I'm like, actually, that makes sense. Let's go this way. I'm usually pretty open to change my mind about things that don't directly involve to my personal like, thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm more than willing often. to like change my mind on some conceptual thing, like some existential right. concept. I have a hard time changing my mind with like certain things about like my personal stuff, which That's has always true. been a problem. That's very and true. again, worst intellectual habit goes right back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspires you to learn, Heather? Um, in, what inspires me to learn? Um, I, well, that's 
<laughs> it's a tough one. That's you know a broad what, question. I know. I don't want to bring it back to having a kid again, but he's made me uh, yeah. want to be a better yeah. person and learn more, yeah, like that's a good point. eating healthier, um, learning more about stuff to do outdoors, um, doing better with my business. Really, that is. Um, well, because that's a good point. Because you're you almost what inspires you to learn is to have this information to to give. Yeah, to I want to be yeah. like I know everything. So yeah. when I'm around him, I can answer everything. And so for him, that's definitely he's definitely been. My inspiration is to learn more. I'm going to say ego on my end, certainly. Uh, pretentious That's, that's pretentious an honest ego. answer. That's a really yeah, honest I answer. I like to be able to carry on conversations with people and feel like I have something to say. Mm-hmm. So it sounds dumb, but, you know, it's reality. So I feel like for me, <laughs> life is only so long, and there's so much to know out there that you'll never know everything. You'll never learn everything. No matter what you do, you can't do it. You couldn't do it in 10 lifetimes, but you've only got the one that we can prove. And so I feel like you would just want to soak up as much as you can because what else would you do? Other, I don't understand how you would stop learning. Yeah. I don't know how it would happen that you could make yourself stop learning. Mm-hmm. And I think I was instilled from a very young age uh, by my mom to always be learning, always be reading, always be taking on new experiences, new ideas, and it just sort of stuck with me. I don't know. I think a lot of people don't do it enough. That's oh, I agree. They get caught up in like things. They I agree. A lot, there's a lot of distractions. Yeah. A lot of people don't care enough. Yeah, they're like they just aren't trying to expand past what's just there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I don't know how I feel about this one. What do you need to believe in order to get through the day? It's kind of a weird question. I, I'm thrown off by that. I need to bit. believe that I can get through the day. Yeah. I, I feel like at the end of it, I'm very in the moment. I, my whole MO is just to get through. That's. You know, yeah. You know what I believe? I need a cup of coffee in the morning. Once <laughs> I have that coffee in me, I'm like ready. I got two hours of energy to take what on if the world. What if, your, what if your only choice was Taco Bell coffee? Then we would have to talk about talk about Then I'm not getting through no, this day. I'm going to die today. <laughs> uh, Kev, what's a view that you hold but you can't defend? Um, A view that I hold. I haven't met a view I can't defend yet, <laughs> um, whether I agree with it or not. Um, I don't know. That's that's uh, that that's would take tough. some thinking. Uh, well, his answer was none. If you can't defend a view, then why hold that view in the first place? Which I, I think, fully, I fully, yeah. fully, fully, yeah. fully, fully. Why agree waste with that? brain and energy on something I can't? I fully agree with that. The one I always argue with is that dinosaurs are the reason. <laughs> no, 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 no! I swear to God, I swear to God, I swear. <laughs> dinosaurs are the reason that uh, myths and like books about dragons and cyclops and all this exist because people who discovered them in earlier times and didn't know what they were used their minds to explain these things they found. If you're going to get that crazy and in-depth, then mine would always be when people see ghosts, I have this thing where I'm convinced that it's a time portal. And I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's time crossing what? over. It's like, yes, it's see, isn't that crazy? No, wait. But no. Like, Continue, I, please. No, I want to know I more about people... the time portals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? This just came out of nowhere. No, I love it. But people always talk about seeing ghosts, and I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in that. That's fair. Yeah, that, that stuff. So I always, I'm convinced. But you that believe in time portals. I do. I do. Science. Isn't that crazy? It's, but it is. It's scientific. <laughs> we, we can work on that. I feel. I always said to Zach, I go, but I believe that ghosts when people see things, it's because crossing time over. Well, that, and time is crossing over, and you're seeing people. So what makes that different than? I don't. Ghost? know. I haven't gone really into it. You know what I mean? Well, hey. Well, I mean, I, believe, I am not. I don't have a research lab. To quote Neil, if you can't defend a view, then why hold that, it? But in that the was. First I'm not place. Neil. That's why we're having these questions. We're not Neil here. But I um, feel that's that's my belief, and that's what I'm going with. I'm I think that just comes down to the definition of what the word supernatural means, and like what a definition of a you're ghost like, I saw is. A ghost. I'm like, no, you didn't. It was a time lapse, and you just happened to catch it really. Different quick. names 
just for the same thing. I like that better, actually. I'm into that. Uh, and let's close out... Stargate. <laughs> I had so much more to get to this week, but let's close out with this last one. This is one of my favorite kinds of questions. I'm glad they closed out with this. Heather, what book have you recommended the most in your life? Your guys... Oh, I'm a big Sarah Silverman fan. Mm-hmm. So I just read Bedwetter not too long ago. Okay. And it's just a funny... It's just someone who's taking their most, like embarrassing moment in their life in writing a book about it of her wedding to bed until like a certain age and honestly I know it's not like anything very it's just funny that someone will can go out there and put their insecurity into a book and tell about it and she also fights anxiety and things online well, that's, that so that's the no that's why biographies continue to sell all the time like if anyone I heard Aziz Ansari's biography is almost like better than any fiction book that came out that year you know what I mean like there's I love some, biographies yeah there's something very um, captivating about hearing the trials and tribulations of people and seeing what can happen I and mean, something visceral right yeah. like I love fiction but fiction is fiction fiction is uh, is a construct of like the human mind. Like to tell a real story adds real gravitas, right? There's something about it. I don't know. Kevin, what about you? What book have you recommended the most? Um, I feel like there's a lot because you recommend different books in different directions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend like you know meditations to somebody very different yes. than somebody I recommend Ready Player One to. Um, but I would say across the arc, I would have to be probably To Kill a Mockingbird. I've screamed about that book at everybody for 20 years yeah. now. Um, and also It by Stephen King, yeah. I would say. I've recommended to yep. Yep. a wide, wide variety of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it'd have to be one of those two, probably. Mm. Uh, I always say Brave New World because I think it... I think that it gives... Oh, Brave New World is so... You should read it. I'm going to recommend it right now for you. I buy books that have short little stories in there. That's just me because my band is not very... We're um, we're Stephen King guys, so we we've read a lot of short story books in our life. I like short story books actually. Short stories are nice because you can do, like before you go to bed, I feel like dive into twelve hundred pages. Hey, dig in, just take a nice little short story. Nothing wrong with that. So uh, we've reached the end of this week's show. We had so much more content, but we got off. That's good. I like when we get off on our on our little tangents. It that makes things it makes things more interesting for me, at least. Uh, folks, you can follow Heather at the Topping Tree on Twitter. Uh, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan at me at SF Doom, or follow the show at Uticast Uticast.com, Uticast at gmail.com. Send us any mailbag questions. Uh, follow us on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, three one five live. Uh, go to Uticast.com. Maiden. Utica, folks. Uh, yeah, I, I get tired of running through the things. I'm getting better at it though, right. naming all the things. I keep. I forget about Instagram because I never use it. Well, maybe you should be it. see. Maybe they want to see you. We should have they want to see your use car. the Instagram. I gotta give. Heather should run the Instagram. I gotta give. She's so good at Instagram. She doesn't have enough on her plate. Yeah, she doesn't have enough on her plate. Get too much free time. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week. Ninety three. <laughs>